From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. When you look at the current situation today, there's one thing to recognize. Failure is the greatest asset of government. It is the excuse they use to seize your property. That's what we're living through right now. So when you hear the dimwits... He says he's not done. He's not finished what he started. And that's what's important. And I think, uh, look at all that Joe has has done, has accomplished. I mean, he brought us out of the chaos. And he did that. He was elected because people wanted steady leadership. Wrong. Well, here's the thing, presidential fluffer, pretend doctor, elected by nobody, expert in nothing. Jill Biden, who all of a sudden is an expert. What she's an expert is, is a con artist. She knows how to fluff the greatest liar this country ever had. And that's all she knows. Because the most important thing to happen today is that once again, your wealth went down. Whether you're rich or you're poor. We are in uncharted waters, waters that are worse than the Jimmy Carter years. Consumer spending rallies more than double expectations. Why? Because the politics has driven up the costs of everything. And all they can do is break it into these little numbers so they seem palatable. Now, if you section them out and you take energy and you take food and you take the rest of it, housing and rents and insurance, it's overwhelming. So they mash it up and they make you feel good by saying it only went up 1.8. 1.8% from what? From a month ago? From a year ago? How much since Joe Biden stole the office? And it's a staggering statistic. If you take it on a whole, it's 15%. If you break it apart, you've got some items, some essential parts of your life that are up 30 and 40%. Eggs, for God's sake, are up 70 fracking percent. And for some reason, it doesn't matter. It's because the citizens are stupid. It's the only excuse. It's the only reason they keep electing these same scum. What disturbed me today by what you were saying was to go to the all-time high, we're going back to like 1980, and then to show that we're below the the worst recent levels, we're like uh, uh, basis points away from from the worst, most recent levels. I mean, this is still bad. This is as bad as it's been since the 80s, and it's only moderated a little bit. The 80s are after Carter. What he's referring to is after Carter. The scary statistic is it's only two years in this idiot's usurpation of the most powerful office in the world. This is it. Two years. And this is what the quality of your life is like. And yet, this doesn't satisfy the insatiable thirst of a leviathan of corruption because the reality is in washington these political whores they don't earn their money anyway they don't pay for anything so they don't feel any pain it's why this imbecile liar who's never done a thing in his life 
has three multi, multi, multi million dollar estates that you'll never visit. They don't pay for anything. Their salary is tip money. It's walking around money. It doesn't mean anything to them when the costs go up because it's all expensed. Did you know a two-bit congressman, two-bit moron congressman, gets an extra 40000 a year for his office every fracking year? Not to pay the rent in the office, to change the furniture. So they're stealing the money and excuses. Do you think they give a rip if groceries go up? They don't pay for anything. And in the meantime, they make certain that the failure is almost monumental, almost where you can't overcome it. And that's how you get used to a debt of 30 plus trillion. And there isn't an American that has the concept of a billion, let alone a trillion. On February 24th, 2022, Russia launched its full scale invasion. Now, Anthony Blinken, this dimwit is where he is today. Because he sat on Joe Biden's lap for the last 30 years. Anthony Blinken, his name is actually Anthony, Anthony Blinken, has never done anything of any consequence in his life. He's never paid a bill. You pay his bills. Those $6,000 suits, you pay those suits. And the lobbyists, of course, that own this political government, this crime syndicate, pretending to be a government. So now they need to propagandize you by rewriting history. None of what he's saying, none of it is the truth. It's only another excuse to give another $2 billion to the Azovs. Due to fierce resistance by Ukraine's defenders, President Putin failed in his primary objective to conquer Ukraine and its existence as an independent country and absorb it into Russia. None of that was ever the goal, ever the statement of anybody from Russia. Anthony Blinken never talks about the Minsk Accord. He never talks about the allegations that we all know, all of the things to be ignored. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S. funded biolabs in Ukraine. According to the U.S. government, these biolabs are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. Another grievance issued by Russia and Vladimir Putin. But I remember... 2014. I remember it well. I even remember Condi Rice. Oh, she was the apple of Gaddafi's eye. And I remember her for what she is. Another salesman, another swindler, another liar. Now we need to have uh, tougher sanctions. And I'm afraid at some point this is going to probably have to involve oil and gas. Now this is 2014. I want you to take in, into consideration what we knew in 2014. Aside from what was going on in the oligarchs' war of the former Soviet Union, which I really don't care. In this country, there was a major scandal because Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie, was selling the same Jimmy Carter spin of we have to go into solar and the same Gatsangul you're hearing now. But he had a problem. He had a problem that there was oceans and oceans and oceans of oil and natural gas that were found almost by accident, that take up the entire northwest region of the whole fracking country. Everywhere in this country, there's oil and gas. So he had a different problem because he couldn't tell that lie. It already, the truth had already gotten out. So they had to figure out a way to drive up costs, make it more difficult for our American companies to pull it out, and bastardize the energy sector once again. But Condi Rice is going to go out here and she's going to tell the truth. Because what she's going to say is, you know what else we could do? We could sell it to Europe, 
the way Vladimir Putin is doing. Because Europe's got a problem. They hamstrung themselves with their own stupidity and believing the eco-Nazi lies of global warming and whatever the hell we're calling it nowadays. Uh, the Russian economy is vulnerable. 80% of Russian exports are in oil, gas, and minerals. Uh, people say, well, the Europeans will run out of energy. Well, the Russians will run out of cash before the Europeans run out of energy. And I understand that it's uncomfortable uh, to have an effect on business ties in this way. Uh, but this is one of the few instruments that we have. To, over the long run, you simply want to change the structure of energy dependence. You want to depend more on the North American energy plan. Platform, the tremendous bounty of oil and gas that we're finding in North America. You want to have pipelines that don't go through Ukraine and Russia. Uh, for years, we've tried to get the Europeans to be interested in different pipeline routes. It's time to do that. And so some of this is simply acting and acting as quickly as possible. See, we blew up the Nord Stream pipelines because we wanted to disrupt it, drive up the costs, and then become the new supplier. It's really that simple. Aside from that, they don't give a rip about the people that are dead? Where is the talk of peace? Where is the call for diplomacy? Has anybody even heard the word diplomacy in the last six months? Instead, I've got Anthony Blinken putting lipstick on the pig that is the greatest swindle since Iraq. Then he dusted off his Crimea playbook from 2014. He called snap referenda in four occupied parts of Ukraine, deported Ukrainians, bust in Russians, held sham votes at gunpoint, and then manipulated the results to claim near unanimous support for joining the Russian Federation. You mean the way you stole the presidency? You mean that? That's what he did? Is he, Are you accusing him of voter fraud, of ballot harvesting, of same-day registration? Sounds like you're accusing him of same-day registration. Did you check the voter laws? And then you're also forgetting about the Minsk Accord that was broken as the Ukrainian Azov Battalion started to kill its own people. And you're also forgetting about the Russian naval base that was in Crimea. Oh, I know the Obama administration tried to tell that lie, but it wasn't true then and it isn't true now. For Ukrainian nationalists, January 1st is one of the most important days in their calendar. It marks the birth of Stepan Bandera, the leader of the Ukrainian partisan forces during the Second World War. The rally was organized by the far-right Svoboda Party. Protesters marched amidst a river of torches and signs saying, Ukraine above all else. But for many in Ukraine and abroad, Bandera's legacy is controversial. His group, the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists, sided with Nazi German forces before breaking with them later in the war. Western historians also say that his followers carried out massacres of Polish and Jewish civilians. And that's who we're funding, the descendants of this. They still call themselves this. They still celebrate the same holidays. None of that's to talk. Let's have Anthony Blinken talk about how great it is that we give our money that we cannot afford to the descendants of the Azov Nazis. When President Putin couldn't break the Ukrainian military, he intensified efforts to break Ukrainian spirit. Over the last year, Russia has killed tens of thousands of Ukrainian men, women, and children, uprooted more than 13 million people from their homes, destroyed more than half of the country's energy grid. Well, so it's, so it's worse than the civil war that was going on. But I still want to know about the pipeline. As a U.S. Army officer and as a CIA employee, I took an oath one oath 
It was Ray to McGovern. support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Some of us took that oath seriously. And when we see this kind of thing going on, we go to somebody who might be able to protect us and might be able to get the word out. Now, this was two weeks ago. Has the New York Times mentioned Cy Hirsch's article? Uh, has it even reported the denials? No, not yet. This is quite, the Germans would say, this is very, very remarkable. Now, let me go on here and, and talk about, uh, well, um, how do we, how do we evaluate those who are smearing uh, Seymour Hirsch? Well, uh, as uh, Jeffrey Sachs has already said, the CIA spokesperson said, the claim is completely and utterly false, quote, end quote. Whoa. Now, I have to confess, being an alumnus of the CIA, that our PR people, our public relations people, do not have a very good record. No one wants to go back 20 years to Colin Powell's speech before this Security Council. Where is the call for diplomacy? Where is the call for the war to stop? Instead, it's mindless fun funneling of our money. So when inflation numbers come in, when your dollar doesn't go as far, this isn't happenstance. It isn't supply chains. It's Washington, D.C., which is recession-proof. It's the policies of this mafia that are destroying the dollars in your bank account, in your pocket. Now, how much more are you going to take before you wake up? 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The idea that we allow this corrupt mafia to continue to spend our money with no restraint and guarantees of future spending without realizing it's making a very select few extremely rich. Freedom is priceless. It's worth fighting for for as long as it takes. And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. We'll do it. As the president has said, Shannon, we're going to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Again, the United States will continue to strongly support Ukraine. And we will do so for as long as it takes. As President Biden has said, we will stand with Ukraine in its fight for as long as it takes. But the coward never mentions diplomacy. The coward who's too afraid to go visit his own countrymen during tragedies because they're not Democrats. The cowardly scum who can't take questions because he's suffering from dementia. And you think it's going to stop soon because the G7 just did the same thing. We started this war. We blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. We are trying to profit from it. We are selling the propaganda. I'm very proud that as president, I issued a historic rule banning Wall Street and employers from pouring your 401ks, pensions and retirement accounts into so-called ESG or environmental, social and governance investments. And the same government that committed this atrocity, this terrorism, 
this ecological disaster, is going to tell you now that you have to be taxed because of your own carbon output for the cherry on the FU Sunday. Uh, Roger on the south side. Hello, my friend. Uh, so, okay, you know, we know what we're up against, whether it be in Illinois or, or the government. And here, here we go, another $10 trillion. Okay, if we don't, like you say, always say succeed as states or as individuals. Succeed, succeed. We succeed succeed. because we're in red states, but we we need to succeed and separate. Yes, go ahead. Okay. We can't stop bozos like Pritzker or Biden from spending our money. I think we have to, hey, there's a thing called exempt here, whether it be self-employed or if uh, if you're a wage earner. You know what? But it's going to take an entire society of people. Brother, who are, you know, Wesley let them send Snipes. The IRS to, the message needs to be sent. Wesley Snipes did that, six years because he didn't pay his taxes. You have kids that have shot people 52 times they're walking around. You got the guy in St. Louis, 50 times he broke his parole, walking around. Go ahead. Try not to pay your taxes, brother. You'll be in the Who's Scout tied to Wesley Snipes before I, you know I, it. I, Thank you. I get that. Believe I get me, that's that what the 87,000 IRS agents are for. They got well, you, you know babe. What, the only thing you could yeah. do is quit your job and protest, well, I mean, and go broke. Nah. No, that's not no. worth it. That's what, not how you fight them. That's not how you fight them. It's going to take is getting organized on the right side. And yeah, our that, problem, that I agree our, with. Yeah. Here's our problem. Not guys like me or you. Here's our problem with the people like us. We spent our, our life working. We don't have time to be out at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning down at Daily Plaza protesting. Listen, people uh, are working on this, Roger. I want you to, to have a good weekend. People are working on a union of capitalists. People are working on coming together. Now, it's already happening in the red states, but the media is squashing it, just like they squash everything. In the meantime... Things are in motion. People of good conscience and good character, people who understand what the premise of Americanism is, they're not sitting idly by. And they certainly don't have faith in the next election. We know the system is rigged. That's why I don't give a rip. You think I'm going to come on here and tell you how great Paul Vallis is? I don't give a rip if Paul Vallis wins. He's a taller version of Lori Lightfoot. He's got the hairdo she wishes she had. That's the only difference. For political reasons, strictly for political reasons, these people are sick. These poorly performing woke financial scams are radical left garbage that would never be funded on their own and certainly never be funded on their own merits. The entire ESG scheme is designed to funnel your retirement money to the maniacs on the radical left. The rule we issued under my leadership was the first ESG ban anywhere in the world. And I'm delighted that Republicans in Congress and across the country have been waking up to this threat and following my lead. Unfortunately, Joe Biden gutted my ESG rule, and now his Department of Labor has declared that fund managers can play politics with our seniors, hard-earned savings, and play it they are. Biden has already crushed your 401ks. If you take a look at the 401ks, when I was there, they were going like a rocket ship straight up, and now they're going like that rocket ship is crashing. Not to mention what he did to the dollar in your pocket, to the dollar you earn. See, that's called inflation. And you could pretend it's costs, but what it is is a devaluation of your earnings and your money. And that's the game. Because they know once you need their welfare, once you need their sustenance, they got you. 
and then they can do to this country what they did to a once great city and a once great state. Where now you're just hoping you stay alive. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Hunter Biden song. Yeah. You fracking white trash scum that you are. Smoking crack. Two dollar whores. God almighty. And what's the penalty? Eh, you're still worth tens of millions. How much? How do, how do we know? Because they don't want the money train to stop. Which is why there's no talk of diplomacy. All right. I promised I would go to Cream Puff Jim. After all, today's the 24th. He got his... Municipal pension check on the fifteenth, so he's he's going lean. He's going lean. Cream puff. <laughs> I only got about six games to go, Sean. I was just hang on. You only got oh, it's a short I, I, month, I, man. You only got four four days. You're no, going. I know. I, I might make it. I might make it. You know, my wife was a student of the, Rever- uh, the Russian Revolution, and we were going to write to her Moscow, but she died of cancer. And we used to go through the old communist countries, and I visit their prisons. Yeah. There's no sanest on earth could imagine these prisons. Absolutely. For instance, for instance, if you were six feet tall, they would put you in a three foot cell. Yeah. Oh. You just stay in there until you croaked. And then they fact, they actually had a pit in the pendulum out of that gorilla bow where they'd strap you down with a yeah. uh, a thing and kill you. The other thing is, Yale's got, Yale's got a. Uh, an article out today that they've already kidnapped 200,000 Ukrainian children. Now, I used to drink in the Ukrainian village. They just stopped there. And they're completely different than Russians. I know well, Russians. I'm, and I, bro, they're completely one of my different. dearest friends is from there. And this is why I, I, I focus on it so much, because I've been following it by accident for the last 25 years. There's a lot, a lot going on in the former Soviet Union. Most of it is still going on as the oligarchs keep their people in chains one way or another. That's why they were having a civil war and nobody wanted to talk about the nuances. Nobody wanted to talk about uh, Khrushchev and Crimea and how he was Ukrainian and he said this should be part of Ukraine and all the rest of it. You know, there, there's a lot of things Americans don't know, but the most important thing to know is this has been going on for hundreds of years. It's a tragedy. It's just a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. You have a great weekend, Sean. Thanks for you taking too. my call. And the scariest part to realize is it was a thriving country before the Bolsheviks, the original Marxists, the original communists. Ten percent of the population. That's it. They enslaved the rest. That's why the best Americans are often from the former Soviet Union. The best Americans are from Cuba. The best Americans are often from Venezuela because they know the policies of the mafia do not work. They're victimized of it. This, this is the perfect segue. His name is Jose, Gar, uh, Jose Vega, and he confronted Hakeem Jeffries, who's almost as dumb as the vice president, and he's a lot more useless. Nobody wants to see him on a table in high heels. The council had a meeting yesterday, and Ray McGovern spoke to it. He is a former member of the CIA, and he testified in support of Seymour Hersh's article on the United States bombing Nord Stream pipeline. 
If it is proven that the United States bombed the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, as has been asserted by Seymour Hersh and his article, will you call for the United States to acknowledge and admit that that was an act of war against Germany and Russia? And I'm asking this because this may be the only way to prevent the rest of us from being killed in a thermonuclear war. And I don't want to be fried. Don't you think the media should be reporting on whether or not this is true? And don't you think you should be inquiring into whether or not this is true? Well, thank you for the question. Uh, one, I've got no information to suggest uh, that the United States was involved in bombing the North Stream pipeline. Now, the way that they do this, it's called compartmentalize. They compartmentalize information. That's why you hear all the things of secret and clearance. This is what they try to do. But make no mistake of it, this whore knew. He's the most important Democrat in Congress right now. He didn't know about it? This is all a freaking lie and a scam, and I spot it from a mile away. You rat bastards, your CIA. Send the Jason Bourne guy over here. I'll beat it out of him. He would have, you would have, you would have been, you weren't briefed on it. Sir, sir, you got your chance to ask a question. You weren't given information because he explicitly says you weren't briefed on it. Shouldn't you inquire? So here's what I'll say about, I think, President Biden's leadership generally as it relates to the Ukraine we committed an act of war. What are you doing to respond to that? We have to hold Biden accountable. So listen, you're from Brooklyn, right? You know when to call bull when you see it. So do I. This is bull right now. And I see what's Thank happening right we now. We have to act like it's 1953 and we're too stupid to get information ourselves outside of the venue of propaganda that is the media. It's obvious. There's a reason Sweden did not disclose what it found. We blew it up. It's not only an act of war, it's ecological terrorism, morons. But they know the real skinny. doesn't really matter. The ocean will chew it up. There's trillions of barrels of oil being released from the bottom of the ocean anyway. George in Naperville. Sean, is there a Henry Kissinger out there that could achieve a diplomatic resolution in Ukraine? All Biden's doing is spending and escalating. I believe that Henry Kissinger is still alive. I could be mistaken. He's not in nearly the bad shape of... Jimmy Carter. How's he doing? Is he still like a guppy squirrel waiting for a union nurse to change his diaper? Yeah, that's living. Uh, John and Palatine. Uh, yes, I was going to say that Pete Buttigieg, his dad, Joseph Buttigieg, was a professor at Notre Dame who translated Antonio Gramsci's prison diaries into English from the 70s to the 90s. You can He's look a well-known Marxist. He also founded an institution of fraud that promotes Marxism and different things around the world. Is, is that not true as well? That is correct. And, and one, of, one of Gramsci's quotes, he said that socialism, socialism is the religion that must replace Christianity. So Buddha Geiger is not only there just because of his proclivities and his inabilities, he's there because he's riding on daddy's coattails for being such a socialist. Jamie Raskin is also a second-generation communist here in America, along with Kamala Harris, whose father declared himself a Marxist economist, which is almost a oxymoron because marxism doesn't work it goes bankrupt thank you very much john see john and palatine knows why doesn't everybody know and the answer is not everybody tunes in the sean thompson show uh mitchell displays i want to ask you a question sean you know how you talked about when someone gets enrolled into the school the public schools in illinois you say there was like twenty eight thousand dollars in chicago and cps it's it's actually now upwards of thirty thousand per student 
Okay, is that money coming from basically the taxpayers, right? Because we found, we basically, because 86% is funded by the taxpayers in the state of Illinois for public schools. Now, outside of Chicago, in basically the other municipalities, it's actually more than $30,000. Because if you look at your tax bill, the reason why we're getting our second installment like any day, and it's due on April 3rd. I talked about that a few days ago. But when you look on your on your um, property tax bill, the largest increase is from the public schools. Now, when you had your family in Illinois, did you ever confront the superintendent and ask questions? Please. Did I ever confront? Well, I lived. In, I didn't live in Chicago. I lived. I lived in a suburb, and I appealed my own taxes. I never hired an attorney, and I would win those cases. I still have property that I do that with. But here's the diabolical. Okay. Here's the diabolical problem: when people hire these scum, short in the pants gangsters like Mike Madigan and Ed Burke, and they corrupt the judge and they declare that such and such property gets their taxes reduced by two thirds, that money does not go poof. That money goes on the other properties, but first and foremost, commercial. So here's what no one wants to talk about. When you have 5 million commercial square feet vacant in the city of Chicago, 60% of those scoundrels hired Mike Madigan. 60% of downtown real estate hires Mike Madigan's law firm to argue for the taxes. So they had that burden pushed off even further in Cook County. And that's why you're seeing like uh, the chocolate factory gets the 1,000% increase because he didn't bribe. The right alderman, the right Chicago short in the pants mafia member who pretends to be a lawyer on the side. It is a system of corruption, and the people would rather bribe the short in the pants gangster than fight for the righteousness because then they'd have to sit up and say, Is it really worth $30,000 a year to teach these degenerates who are killing people and destroying the, the culture in, in Chicago? Or is that really the culture they, want to cor- they wanted to have in the first place? And I say it's B. Which is why it doesn't matter if you hire the E.T. lookalike Lori Lightfoot or Kojak with no integrity, uh, the Greek guy, <laughs> Vallis. Thank you very much. That's why I also, I also rarely cover it. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560, the answer. The astonishing thing that is happening right now is the way we're being treated like it was 1943. It's not 1943. We have diplomacy, we have reason. What the hell is going on? Why is no one talking about diplomacy? Number one, but Can anybody tell me what good we've done with our foreign policy? Anybody tell me what good we've done in the Middle East? I mean, it wasn't through military we did good. It was through negotiating peace that Trump did good. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? I kind of remember it like that. From the day I took over, but from the night I won. And I called two people. You know who the two people are? Putin, right? You know who Putin is? And Zelensky. And I'd say, we're going to meet. We're going to meet. <laughs> and I would, I, I guarantee I could work that out. I guarantee. I know exactly what I'd say, by the way. I know exactly. I'd tell one guy this, and I'd tell one guy that, and I'd say, you better make a deal. We would have a deal made in 24 hours. I believe him. Because he's a man. He's not a political whore. He doesn't make his millions by prostituting government. That's not how he makes his money. It's going to take someone like that 
to have the testicle fortitude to act like a man and make peace. Any coward can send innocent people to die. Men handle it themselves. We do not have a man. We have a buffoon. We have a fraud. And every time we've been in this position, who dies? The innocent people and the kids, just like now. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. Whoever we is, you filthy rat corrupt whore, Madeleine Albright, I hope they burn in hell like you're doing. That's the truth. Because you're all rats. You all create mayhem. You destroy the quality of life for everybody. The people in your country and the people who are on the end of those bombs that you keep promising will continue. You fraud. John and Joliet. Hello, Sean. How are you? I'm good, John. How are you? I got a question. The vegetable in the White House, also known as Joe Lydon, I consider him the punchless pilot of America. When are people going to wake up and put America first again? Oh, I hope it happens in our lifetime, but you're giving him way too much credit as Pontius Pilate. He's more of a Nero. He's more of a, of a, of a, of a traitor, of a Benedict Arnold. He's a traitor. He's a traitor. Yeah, you're country. right. He's not, he's not looking to keep the empire together. He's looking to tear it asunder and get real rich doing it. Because he can't pleasure his wife with anything but money anymore. Thank you very much. Half He's man. It's exactly what he is. Freedom is priceless. Yeah, but why do you hate it, you fascist pig? Why do you hate it? You took away everybody's freedom with all of your response to COVID. And what did you do with the vaccine that kills people? You want that information stifled like you want your crackhead son's bank account stifled, don't you, scum? Greg Rogers Park. Sean, two things. Number one, thank you for recommending uh, Steve Moore's book, uh, Godzilla, uh, Godzilla. It was very good. Yeah, it was a long and then secondly, here, here in the 49th War, I have one of the worst oligarchs, Maria Haddon. She is really one of the worst oligarchs of all time. In fact, we have 50 of them in our city, oligarchs. 50 thieves. That are yeah, just like Alibaba. Just like Alibaba. That's why I don't really care who Alibaba is. They pretend it's a mayor, but that's what it really is. And the 50 Thieves will continue to steal. That's why, Greg, unfortunately, I am going to be the advocate for you to hire a U-Haul or just leave all your stuff and buy new stuff because you've got only a certain amount of time on this world, and it's going to get less and less the more dangerous these politicians make it. Spend the last few years free. I got a little update from a guy that bought a Hummer. You remember the Hummer, the EV scam? He's a young kid. I always like when they come, they wake up a little bit. So he bought this Hummer, $126,000. It's got all the bells and whistles, the glass top. Looks real nice from the outside. But the poor kid went to travel in it. The Hummer's the problem. The charge station's the problem. I have no idea. Fairly easy. We just increased our range to 98 miles after waiting around for 45 minutes. But the real question, how much did it cost? I am actually in shock right now. Listen. We just sat here for 41 minutes. It cost me $19.80 and we added an additional 64 miles for $20. It Who's is up for that? expensive to charge an EV. Plus, we had to sit here for 41 minutes. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. I am on. Welcome to the opposition party of the Democrat mafia. See, through living and learning and touching the stove and learning it's hot, maybe, maybe in a decade or two, maybe a generation, 
we can get our country back because these Marxist frauds fail at every rat thing they do. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. One of my favorite lines in the movies is from Guys and Dolls. Marlon Brando tells Frank Sinatra, how am I going to clean this up for radio? Don't urinate in my ear and tell me it's raining. Politicians who benefit from bribery, corruption, open and notorious, whether they call it lobbying or campaign contribution, they're running a scam on the regular people who work every day, which is why most of them avoid work. They've never worked. They prostitute policy, and they make themselves very, very rich by circumventing the taxes you and I have to pay. There are no taxes on campaign contributions. It's an entire entity of our society that pays nothing as it corrupts policy. And if that's not reined in, then how do you fix it? Now add the fact that it's possible for enemies of this country, communists, Marxists, fascists, and frauds, to do the same thing. My next guest is an expert in this field. He is an investigative reporter. He is with the Shulman Journalism Fellow. He, he is a Shulman Journalism Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. He's been doing this for a long time. He has a new article, Is Illegal Foreign Money Influencing West Virginia Elections? His name is Daniel Greenfield. Daniel, thank you for taking time to join me. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. Daniel, it's, it's insulting at this point. Honestly, the whole damn thing is outrageous. I've got the Chinese communists that own a president. We've got they own congressmen, they own senators. We've got Klaus Schwab clearly representing the Fourth Reich, as he is the son of a Third Reich member, as he plots world government to destroy the sovereignty of a nation that is, is built on that. So we're not to be influenced by these foreign oligarchs, this foreign money in, my, in, in politics. Yet here we sit and tell me, do we have, is there another George Soros? Because thank God he doesn't look too good right now. But is there somebody to worry about outside of him, as there always is? Unfortunately, there are. Soros created a model. And in known business, there are the people who pioneer the model, and then so many others imitate them. There's now a host of uh, folks who want to be George Soros. There's a younger generation of big tech billionaires who made a lot of money uh, selling their websites, and they're putting a ton of money into the left. And there's older guys, uh, Europeans like George Soros, including a fellow named Hanyo Guis, uh, who is actually a Swiss citizen, unlike George Soros, who never even bothered to get U.S. citizenship. We're spending tens of millions of dollars into the left's dark money machines. Daniel, um, this was decided to be righteous by judges that were appointed by politicians. And when I say this, the idea that there can be no restraints on money if it follows the Rube Goldberg system of bribery called lobbying into politics. There are no restraints. We... Um, I'm formerly from Chicago, but the people of Chicago, the people of St. Louis, the people in New York, the people in the Democrat mafia strongholds are suffering from prosecutors who are assets of this ideology of collapse and destruction. 
why is it so few people know how George Soros made his first billion dollars through collapsing currencies? This is clearly where money is made, on the downfall, not the upsweep. It takes too, it's too hard to build money, honestly. Is this not factor into some of the ideology we see? I mean, these are not really the married ideologues. They're more interested in the collapse of our nation, the way I see it. How do you see it? They can get two for the price of one. They bring down the nation, they cause chaos, they divide us, and they make a ton of money from the chaos. Uh, people like Soros walked into a country that was already booming, that was prosperous, that was on the way up. The way to make money, as you know, you put it very correctly, is to actually look for ways to undermine it. And so the interests of the left and the financial interests come together beautifully. What they believe, what they don't believe, um, whatever serves them, uh, whatever serves their pocketbook. So Citizen United is how they legalize this political bribery, and they, they also made it limitless. PACs popped up in uh, Illinois. We have a, a real scoundrel who's no longer a congressman, but while he was a never-Trumper, and while he was a congressman, he started a PAC. It then became more advantageous for him not to be a congressman because there's a lot more money on K Street than there is on Main Street. A lot of Republicans like it this way. I'll never forget the people that circled Trump and was a big red flag to me. Manafort, Stone, and Black are the original torturers lobby. They're the original ones that took uh, lobbies from Idi Amin. They took money from all kinds of dictators around the world, and they made sure our foreign policy and our money benefited them. And they run it all through the foreign break. Is the Leviathan simply too big to take down, Daniel? Do the American people have the will to understand the scam? Or is there simply more money on the inside of it? There's a ton of money on the inside. People are very angry, so people are waking up, but they don't realize how bad, how big the problem is. And some of, so many of the folks who are profiting for the money have figured out ways to distract them. Um, there's always a shiny new object. There's always some nonsense that they're pushing this, t- this day, tomorrow, the day after, because they don't want people waking up and realizing what are all those fundraising emails doing? Where's all that money going? Uh, the PACs are sending money to, they're actually not even giving money to those candidates. Uh, the people who have set them up are the ones making the money. And every single uh, step of the way that the money is transferred, that it's processed, that it's distributed, they're still cashing in on this. And they don't want to win. They want to keep the system going. Uh, they're all working for the same team. People talk about the Uniparty. This is the Uniparty. Republicans were, yes, very enthusiastic about Citizens United. Uh, when the ridiculous idea that bribing politicians is somehow free speech, and this is the nightmarish world that they've created, they're okay with this world. They're okay with America going down as long as they themselves can get that second house, the third house, the yacht, whatever it is they want out of life. Pfizer is one of the best examples of this. Pfizer pays for everything. Pfizer owns every politician. Pfizer also pays a revolving door policy of bureaucrats who are supposed to actually regulate Pfizer. But Pfizer is not exclusive to this concept. I also am aware that we have an entire industry, the green energy movement, or as I call it, the reaction of the eco-Nazis. And in there lies a lot of new money. Is that the plot? Is that why this particular Swede is doing this? What is, or is he, he's from Sweden, you said, right? He's Swiss. Swiss. He's oh, the Swiss okay. banker so of the Democrats. What is his specific angle? Is it to be on the ESG movement, which is a completely new entity that will be worth trillions and trillions of manipulated dollars? Where is his angle that you could track back to? 
I think that's very likely. Unlike George Soros, he doesn't uh, do these press conferences and speeches and write articles explaining his motives. We can actually trace back what he is doing. And yes, he's very interested in various environmental measures. And West Virginia has been a problem for um, ESG. It's been a problem for the environmentalist left uh, because there's still remnants of the old white working class Democrat base there. Uh, the main industry is still coal mining. The majority of people there, despite the Obama administration, do not want to switch over to installing solar panels. And uh, Senator Manchin, for all that he was paid off by Bill Gates to go along with the Inflation Increase Act, has still uh, managed to obstruct some of their measures. So they probably do figure that if they, they can take over uh, West Virginia from the uh, bottom up, then they can have their own way as far as the Democrat Party goes because the Dem- this is really the only part of the Democrat Party that's still standing in the way. I remember when the radical left in this country were very skeptical of foreign money into, the, into, into our country. In fact, the radical left the, in California, they are not necessarily, and when I say the radical left, I mean the people, not the politicians. They're not necessarily friendly to the idea George Soros is profiting from this. There was a documentary out by Michael Moore a couple of years ago now, called Planet of the Humans. And in the documentary, it was almost fun to watch as you heard Michael Moore's voice in shock as he learned from the failings of the answers of the eco-Nazis. And it started, he was actually censored. Google took it down, you know, they had YouTube wouldn't run it. But there still are millions and millions and millions of people who thought themselves to be radical left who are kind of aware of the scandal here. Do we not have more opportunity with them than we do the Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney profiteers of, of failure policies um, to turn to an advantage. And what should be our idea in the future? Who should we put on our side to combat the Leviathan, be it the government and the corrupt politicians and corporatism? We face multiple threats. One of those is uh, the corruption from within, corruption that uh, wrecked the Republican Party and completely made it... Uh, Unix, uh, the threat of the left is another threat, and figuring out how to balance all those threats is definitely a challenge because, you know, a, an honest leftist is still somebody who wants to destroy you and destroy the country and make it a communist dictatorship. Uh, they just might yeah. not be as and, and it out for the money in the same way. Uh, on the other hand, you have people who are the Republican establishment who neuter every possible effort to actually defeat the left. So in many ways, that they're actually allied with the left because they have absolutely no interest in fight in taking the fight to the left. So we need to be able to balance that out much like in World War II. We have to be able to fight the Nazis and the communists. We have to navigate this. <laughs> yes, that's a really, terrible, uh, ch- terrible truth. I really, it's an ugly truth, but I, I, I actually completely agree with you. Now, do you think in, in what you've witnessed here in this country, the bastardization of our republic, do you think it can be done the way things sit or, or, would we be better off going to the 21 states who are already openly combating the Biden um, fascistic regime and really occupy those states with our good intentions and try to do something different there? What is I'm trying to figure out the best approach, and I keep going to the answer of secession. It's the only answer I can see, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I just don't think I am. I think as a starting point, we have to build power in the states. Uh, the federal government, even under most Republicans, is really not going to... Uh, I mean, we have an administrative state. We have a government that's run by various agencies and bureaucrats. 
which the average Republican uh, elected official has no idea who they are, what they do, and has no control over them. At a state level, it is possible to exercise more control. Uh, DeSantis has shown in Florida that if you actually drill down, uh, you can actually try to get all the stuff into your grip. Uh, because states have less government. It is possible to do more. And once you've actually built power at the state level, uh, then you can talk about things like uh, resisting the federal government. But right now we have a dysfunctional system at both the state and the federal level. Uh, things are very corrupt. At the state level, it is at least possible because there's less of an administrative state in a lot of those places. At the federal level, uh, the scale of the federal government is completely dizzying. It's beyond what anybody understands. Every time you look at any agency, any department, there's a dozen sub-departments and one of those being created in the next piece of legislation. That's the part that really nauseates me because the only place there are supposed to be restraints in this country are on government. And yet we've somehow fallen asleep to where we've allowed them to build this infrastructure that's going to be very difficult when you have you know, 24 million people that are direct recipients of government power extortion and money and you now have a society over the last two years that has been comfortable as slaves as being told something as simple as uh, you can't go see your mother when she's dying or you can't go to work or put this on your face and now put this in your body and I, I see very little pushback I know that we have a Congress that's supposed to be different but they're toothless the way I see it and um, I also don't have faith in the elect electoral system after what I witnessed in 2020 do you have faith in the American electoral system? The American electoral system, I won't quite say always, but it's been bad going back to 1800 when you look at the actual history of it. Uh, there's always been voter fraud. There's always been election rigging. Uh, the difference really is are people just willing to accept it. So we've always dealt with this in the past, and we've fought against it, and our elections have been corrupted, and we've pushed back against it. Uh, the problem is that there was a point where people just became very comfortable. Uh, they became, frankly, lazy. Uh, they just took it for granted that you vote and it works. And that's going back to Soros. Soros uh, launched his Secretary of State project to take over elections state by state. And so many, never mind the establishment Republicans, so many people just did not care. Who cares about the Secretary of State? Well, we saw what Secretaries of State can do in a very big way in 2020. Uh, we're going to see it all over again in 2024. A lot of this is a bureaucracy that can be dismantled, it can be fought, it can be bypassed, but you actually have to understand how the enemy works and how it functions, otherwise you just lose. I appreciate what you do. I, I, I love the fact that you're, you're, you're in the fight and you want to make the same dent that I want to make, and I'm hoping that we can make that dent. In the meantime, they can go to front page to see. It's frontpagemag.com. He is Daniel Greenfield. I need you to keep it up with the investigative reporting because this used to be something that all reporters were, and now instead they've become propagandists. So I want to thank you for what you do. I, I read you often, and thank you very much for making yourself available to me. Thank you. Thank you for a very important conversation because so many, even on the right, do not want to talk about this. Not me, Daniel. You're, you have an open forum, and whenever you want to promote an article, promote a book, please, please contact me. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. As I was talking to Daniel Greenfield, the perspective is what's important. This has always been the plight of the honest American against the deceitful Democrat, the deceitful Republican, the government in general. The government is very comfortable misusing and abusing its power. Do not lose hope. 
we have faced this before. Smedley Butler testified openly to the people of this country of when FDR wanted him to stage a military coup. We think that FDR was a great president. FDR was a horrible president, an absolute scum, corrupt, fascistic president who has had the rewriting of history to benefit him. Luckily, we have the archives of history, the true archives. Here's Smedley Butler in his own voice testifying yet again about what he faced. And this will give you hope because we had great years right after we threw out every fracking Democrat we could. During the last three months of traveling, I've gained the impression that Mr. Roosevelt's popularity is on the wane, but that it is not slipping fast enough to of itself destroy his chances for re-election in 1936. The great mass of open-minded Americans who are not blindly bound by party allegiances and whose votes really decide elections, again, have come to the conclusion that the Democratic Party cannot run this country. But they do not seem to have any more confidence in the old-line Republican politicians. Mr. Roosevelt will be re-elected unless he makes some false step involves us in a foreign war which is surely coming. Just remember, too, that this administration has control of the vote-getting machinery and has control of $5 billion to spend as it sees fit. Same problems, different clothes, the greatest Marine to ever live. John Genoa. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Very good, how are you? Let's, I don't know. Your last guest kind of scares me. You know, I, he, he's got a way of just making it all sense to me because before, you know, I try to uh, juggle all that kind of, you know, George Soros and everybody, but it, it, the way he, in a calming voice, let me know what, what's really going on really kind of scares me. I just want to know how we can get the word out like that to, you just country. did. I mean, you just did, I, and he just did. This is an individual sport. They make you think it isn't, but life is an individual sport. There were only a handful of Americans that wanted to be free in the first place. It's always the same number. Uh, it's always the same number. Two thirds against the third that want to do something. That's who makes the world go round. Only a third of us. The other two thirds. Uh-huh. Some of them are dragged around, and others work in opposition. Do not be downbeaten yeah. by this. And by the way, yeah. Daniel Greenfield has been doing this for years. Yeah. You can find him all yeah. over. I highly recommend you read everything. He's a wonderful guy. And he views things yeah. from an investigator's eye. That's what you need. And listen to my right. show. That's all you got to do, brother. Okay. Uh, I always do every chance I get. Thank you, babe. I appreciate Thanks. it very much. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Dan. Sean, but that's all right. Dan's smarter. I'm better looking. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How are you tonight? Very good. Better looking than Proft. He's smarter than me, though. <laughs> so go ahead. What I wanted to say is, uh, how arrogant is this uh, Alfred E. Newman lookalike uh, <laughs> judge? Oh, you are dating yourself. You are dating yourself. <laughs> Call him Pete Cindy Luhu. He looks like Cindy Luhu with that upturned nose. How arrogant is he? He's never done a fracking thing in his miserable life. He's arrogant enough to no, go to a I... site with a hard hat on that's as clean as... I don't know. It's the cleanest thing I've ever seen on a construction site. And his little vest that glow yeah. in the dark. I mean, it's all an act, brother. You almost have to love it. Because I know what the bricklayers think when you walk on the job with a clean hard hat. You're the first guy to get I knocked know. down. Yeah. 
I know, but what I'm saying is they had the, uh, he goes down there and he blames Trump about his regulations. We had the uh, presidency, the Congress, and the, uh, and the, uh, um, and the Senate. Yeah. And they, uh, they could have changed all the regulations. The regulation that he's blaming Trump they on didn't, was never, uh, wait, wait a minute, uh, it was never implemented. He didn't hesitate to all his policies. It, he didn't it, hesitate to change his policies. Rich, because he understands so, uh, 90% of Americans do not know how regulations work. It was a regulation that was never implemented. Obama was bribed not to implement it. It was a regulation that Obama threatened, and it's why the railroad companies have been forced to give $30 million a year in lobbying costs to make sure it wasn't. Yeah. Trump simply gutted it to make sure they didn't have to pay that $30 million, but they still did because so many Republicans got drunk on the money they wanted to keep it going. Thank you, Rich. Three, and the problem is the money. Stop the money into government. End the story. Restraint on bribery called lobbying. Until K Street is boarded up, Main Street will be. That's the tagline. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I have to tell you, I am the luckiest human being there is. No question about it. I love, love this. Um, and it wouldn't be possible without the good people at AM560 who made me the offer and gave me the opportunity to do it. But before that, way before that, there was one guy and one guy only who uh, gave me the opportunity to do it. He did it by answering my phone call. And in the face of everybody telling him to stop answering my phone call, he said, no, I'm not going to stop answering his phone call. So... It's unquestionable to me that who I owe this opportunity that I have now, that I'm thriving in and dominating in, I owe it to one guy and one guy only. I call him Uncle Bruce. You know him as Bruce Wolf. Bruce, how are you, you handsome devil? <laughs> Sean, uh, I don't think God has ever gotten a better introduction, so uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I love you to death, and you know I do. You know, hey, the feeling you. is uh, semi-mutual. Yeah, and I want you to do well, and you know, I'm, I want to help you. So, I understand. Rumor has it, in your old senior years, you're still kicking up <laughs> product, brother. Is that true? I actually I have a podcast that I do, um, and it's called. And the producer told me that I have to mention it at least three times. All right. Uh, so here's the first time. Yeah, you're it's so good at listening to producers. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Weekly Wrap with Bruce Wolf, so I know that it's my name. And you know, you can get it on all major podcast providers every Friday afternoon, also on YouTube, and now just recently Rumble. Don't tell me what Rumble is, but uh That's the only thing I'm on. I've been kicked off those other the Silicon <laughs> okay. Valley Nazi bastard threw me off all the other ones with the government censorship. But Rumble let me say what I want. I love Rumble. Um, oh, okay. So we're we're brothers in Rumble yeah, right now. So, brothers in Rumble. Yeah, so yeah, you know, and uh, I, there's this, this stand-up comedian I do the show with. His name is Tim Slagle, and uh, he wears a tinfoil hat. So we get into some arguments uh, from time to time, but it's a lot of fun. And um, you know, now I, you and I, I used I, to get in arguments when we co-hosted together all the time, all the time, all, all the right. time. So, like, how do you feel about Tucker Carlson? Do you have an opinion or anything like that? Because I don't like I, the family ties I, to the to the I, right. He's got family ties to Carlisle Group, but I love him. 
Um, so I who? love his perspective. So Doesn't he have family ties to like the Carlisle Group? Am I mistaken about that? I'm pretty sure he does. Oh, you know, I don't know. I know that he's an heir of like uh, to the Swanson TV dinner fortune. Oh, is that what? Uh, I, so, I, I, I have to tell I you, I love him. It's one of the only shows I watch on Fox. <laughs> See, I have a problem with him. A big What's problem. That? So we can get into a fight right now. So are you familiar with the uh, Dominion uh, lawsuit? Of course you are, yeah, right? You know, uh, oh, right. They're, 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 they're suing uh, yeah. Fox for libel. And, you know, forget about the libel aspect because the First Amendment allows a, a great deal of latitude. But Tucker, there's statements that they've got him saying that uh, Sidney Powell was a – he said he was – she was a liar and an effing B. I don't know if I can say the B word. I know I can say it on I Rumble. think it's I implied, think it and people have called you that word. And it's nice to see that your father's money for law school is paying off. That's what I love about when you talk about the law. It's the only time you ever use the damn degree. Uh, but I, 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 I will say that, you know, listen, I, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful. I'm curious to see how it shakes out. But it's more of an intimidation factor to think that this guy's, it'd be like me texting you. And I text you, no, and then here, all of a sudden, you know, they go through our text messages, and you're like, wait a minute, did you really ask if Mary and Rosati ate your lunch when you were working there? You know, and I, 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 I you know, and then all of a I sudden I got to say, I'm sorry, Mary, you look good for your age, and a size eight never looked better. I got to do all that. You know, it's an embarrassing circumstance where, you know, you don't have to do that. But I have a, I want to oh tell you God. something. You know how you always okay. would mention that one guy you love, this guy talks about Chicago media, a bald side saddle guy. What the hell's his name? He writes about all the media. Peter. Robert That's it. Peter. Yeah. That son of a dog. Let me tell you what happened with that strange, <laughs> strange-looking bird that he is. So when they announce my show, yeah. they give him, you know how they, they send out the shots of, 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 of the talent. Right. Whatever, right. So they right. send him the shots. Do you know what this smarmy side saddle freak did? Do you know what he did? He, he, went on, your, uh, he went on YouTube, and, uh, and I did the show, okay. and this is, nobody really knew this. I did the show twice when I had COVID, bad. And I never told oh, okay. anybody, but when I knew I had it, I, I was not <laughs> feeling well in studio. And then I made them put all the stuff in my cigar store, and I shut the mm-hmm. cigar store, and that's where I broadcast from for two weeks. Two times I did it. He <laughs> went online, he took the picture of me on YouTube. When I had COVID, right. so I would, you know, I looked terrible for once in my life. Right. And he took that right. one. Picture. I, you can, you're a very handsome man. I, well, he tried to, he tried to make me look stupid. Yeah. So you tell your boyfriend when I see him, I'm going to ear slap the taste out of his mouth. All right, Mister Feeder, <laughs> and he could write about me in the Chicago <laughs> no, no, media. I, I give guts on ghoul about I, the Chicago can I just media. Respond to that. I, I know this. My interview, your interview with me is about you. I, I totally understand that. Yeah, that's you how learn from the master. It's like when we you learn from the master, me. Right. <laughs> but uh, I will tell you one thing. First of all, he and I are, are, are on the outs. Okay. Oh. Secondly, secondly, when uh, I don't know if you recall, we had this traffic reporter who was the worst traffic reporter in the history of traffic reporters. Her name was Kelly Walker. And um, she complained that I was a racist to Rob Feeder. Okay. And he put in the best possible picture of her. Okay, the uh-huh. best possible one, and yeah. took a picture of me where I looked like a buzzard. Okay, so I, wow. I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get. The only thing I like is it. that I know he sat around in his underpants, clip, cutting out clips. So I take that for satisfaction. <laughs> Strange little freak that he is. I give a rip what he thinks about anything. He's like every other Chicago Democrat. But I have to tell so you, may I? I, I, are you, I don't want to interrupt you. On no, your go own ahead. Show, but go. can I make the point about Tucker? Here's the thing about Tucker that bothers. 
Oh, you know what bothers me, of course, is that he probably makes twenty million a year, and he uh, has. You want to be him? I knew that in the beginning. You're just going to fill the in the audience okay. now. So, Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's total envy. I totally, and you know, I'll stipulate to that, and you could discount any, anything I say. But here's the thing: he thought that Sidney Powell. He said this stuff behind the scenes. You know, Tucker's motto is that he's the sworn enemy of lying, pomposity, smugness, and groupthink. But he thought that Sidney Powell was a liar and called her behind the scenes an effing b. Yeah. But on the air, he didn't do that. And neither did Laura Ingram, and neither did Sean Hannity, and they all believed these things, but they didn't say it. And, you know, these people are paid for their opinions. Now, you never are dishonest with your, your no. audience. You tell things it's exactly how you feel. But yeah. they didn't. They were terrorized by their audience. So Tucker Carlson, stick it up your... See, there we go. And there's a little preview of the... <laughs> you, you know, I'm going to tell you, though, I still love you. I, I love you. I miss you. I miss your opinion on the air. I and I still too. I still have it because I call you all the time. And uh, I think it's just me and the alpaca wrangler that you still talk to that you've known for more than five minutes. So I want you to say hello to the alpaca wrangler. And I, tell will. Her, I will. I will. I love her to death. And then yes. uh, I Thank want you, you to for come having down me. Here. Can I mention the Can I mention the podcast oh, one more absolutely. time? Absolutely. Okay, because there's only two out of the three times. It's called The Weekly Wrap with Bruce Wolf, and it's on all of your major podcast providers, uh, YouTube, and, and and Rumble with you. So that's wonderful. You want me to come down there? Where you do come you down, down here? Down there? What do you, where do you mean? Florida or you come uh, down to Florida? Your mother lives here. You need me to check on her. You call me. In the meantime, you come yeah. down there. You walk her across the street, please. I uh, absolutely okay. will. And you and if you have to do the the weekly wrap, is it called the weekly wrap with Bruce Wolf? Yes, it is. Yeah, the weekly wrap with Bruce Wolf. I'll let you. Yeah. I will let you use what I call Studio oh. Xanatu that is brought to you by High Tide Studio or HighTideCream.com, another company I have. HighTideCream.com. Oh. I will you be a guest. Will you be I, a guest? I'll absolutely okay? be. Anything you need right. from me, you got. Because okay. without right. you, okay. I'm not here. I'm just. I um, am your Lord, the, uh, the God, King of the Universe. Apparently, well, let's not I, get crazy. Yeah. Nobody's Odin. But in the meantime, <laughs> I, I I do owe you, and we share a common hatred for some freak who cuts out I pictures of us in his underwear. You didn't like the picture. You didn't yeah. like the picture that was put in. That's the I, whole thing. I I, yeah. I agree with you, Andre. <laughs> and when it it's comes to racists, whenever somebody calls you a racist, you know what I tell them? I hate more white people than anybody. Nobody hates yeah, more white people not. than me. I hate those white bastards. All the white communists, <laughs> all the white socialists, all the white Marxists, and all the right. white yeah. morons that lie to yeah. themselves by telling themselves they're Democrats when they're really corrupt mafia members. I hate them all. Far more yeah. than any other yeah. race. Thank you very yeah. much. All right. You've been wonderful. <laughs> sure. Now Thank go and you dye your hair, because I think you dye your I, hair. There's no way you don't dye your hair. I, well, no, I borrowed bastard. it from Corey McFerrin. He yeah. just hands it off to me. Bruce so, uh, Wolf. You don't even know who he is. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you <laughs> okay, later. Bye. Be back with your calls, I promise, after this. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's Fantastic Friday. I tell you, I do. I, I, I love the guy. Love him. There's no question about it. Always did. Kevin Austin, Texas. Sean, next time you talk to Bruce, ask him where he used to uh, watch football games in Riverwoods. I don't uh, want, do I want to know the answer to this? Please tell me it wasn't in a van parked in a forest preserve. No, 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 oh. no. It was in a, uh, just, just ask him about it. All right. Uh, I will. I will. You know, how about that? There's a guy, his whole life is sports. I, I haven't watched a sports game since Michael Jordan was lacing it up. Uh, you know, it's a, it's fun that uh, 
Oh, he's like great. That. He's good. Smart guy. I, I, uh, football, I, yeah, very intelligent guy. I watched a football game with him once or twice uh, in, in Riverwood. So I am disappointed, though, that, that uh, Bruce doesn't put his, uh, his podcast in his uh, bio on Twitter. Uh, but, well, he doesn't know how to do that, but hopefully he's still listening. <laughs> put your podcast in the bio, you big dummy. He doesn't know how to promote exactly. it. Have the producer Anyhow, he probably yeah. doesn't even know how to work the buttons. Go ahead. <laughs> I, love, I love listening to him. And the fact that you guys are friends, I just uh, it's, it's a very small world. So, uh, Anyhow, just love the interview. Thank you so much. Oh, and uh, by the way, anybody else who's listening, you like Sean, get involved. Change the Republican <laughs> Party from the inside out and the bottom up. You know, Sean from uh, Sean from Tampa. El, is, not he's Tampa, just as far away Naples. from Chicago as I am. Yes, yes, huh? exactly. Yeah, Naples, not Tampa. Naples. Call your Naples, county. I'm sorry, county but we both live. don't live there, but we both want Chicago to become better. I do want it to become bad, better, and it's a tragedy what's, what, what's on the horizon. It's a tragedy what happened. But until people and, reject the ideas of the mafia, it's just going to be a different well, face. Well, because we're to take, to take, to take yeah. ownership and take a power Back in their hands. You know, loan sharks have many collectors. This I know from experience. Loan sharks have many collectors. really doesn't matter who's in the Buick Roadmaster, the fat ass with the love handle on his ear when he takes your money. That's how much I care about the uh, mayor's race in Chicago. Thank you very much, Kevin. Bert in Chicago. Hi, Bert. Hey, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. Um, It was great to hear Bruce Wolf. I I, I miss his sportscast, um, but... um, I used anyway, to love when him I, and Dan would argue. Dan is obviously oh, yeah. Dan is obviously hilarious. Very Dan's wicked smart. I mean, he makes me question myself all the time. Wicked, wicked smart, and I, I'm I'm lucky enough to call both of them friends. But when they used to argue, oh, it was the best, the best. Come back, Bruce. Yes. Go ahead. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm just a little bit irritated at how certain people are just given credibility through the media. You know, you have um, Pritzker. You know, going to Davos like he's some kind of um, financial expert or whiz or whatever. Yes. And, like, how did he get such credibility? But now he's back in Chicago because it was Potsky or Ponsky yeah. <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. But, but then, then you know, when I saw Adam Kinzinger has his a book that is sure. coming yeah, out in October. Gonna I'm just, nobody's going to buy about corrupt institutions. Well, no. that are told to buy. I think everyone in Old Park is lined up to buy the book Bert, right now. So I went long with you, but thank you for listening. Thank you for calling the show, really. Sorry if I didn't get to your call. I will as soon as I can after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I have to say, when I heard the announcement of a new candidate, I had heard of him through the venture capital circles decades Maybe a decade or two ago, but I didn't know much about him. And then I heard his, I heard his announcement. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. Faith, patriotism, and hard work have disappeared, only to be replaced by new secular religions like COVIDism, climateism, and gender ideology. We hunger to be part of something bigger than ourselves, yet we cannot even answer the question of what it means to be an American. Today, the woke left 
preys on that vacuum. They tell you that your race, your gender, and your sexual orientation govern who you are, what you can achieve, and what you're allowed to think. I liked all that. I said, boy, this guy isn't bad at all. His name is Vivek Ramaswamy. So I wanted to know a little bit more, and I would look into it. I would see some things that bothered me. I'd see some things that uh, didn't. But I wanted to know what his real politics was. Well, there's only a few people I trust in that answer, and my next guest is one of those people. He's an Emirates professor of finance at Ramapo College. He's also considered to be a public intellectual. He's written numerous, numerous books with fantastic titles, titles like Why the Federal Reserve Sucks, Universal Medical Care from Conception to End of Life, his name is Dr. Murray Sabrin, and he's also a friend of mine. Hi, Doc. How are you? Great to be with you, Sean. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you again uh, in, in our hometown. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, I love the fact that you send me articles. It's really wonderful, and it helps me prepare. And you view things through the ideals and the ideas of an American, of Americanism. You pay homage to the Enlightenment. So I trust your opinion explicitly. I did see some things that I liked with um, Vivek, and I saw some things I didn't like. And I'm also aware that this cabal of corruption has tentacles everywhere. What are we to think of Vivek Ramaswamy? Well, I heard his announcement on Tucker, and there were things that I was cheering because uh, we have a cultural uh, uh, crisis in our country. Uh, the culture has been degraded since, uh, in my youth, since the 1950s. And it seems that uh, this wokeism where gender identity, sexual identity, racial identity seems to be the overriding concern of public policy. And this is very dangerous in a nation where people think there's enough polarization. So if you polarize people based upon characteristics that have nothing to do with their character, their skills, their merits, uh, you're going down a rabbit hole, which will be very difficult to extricate. And so uh, I'm concerned, uh, as uh, Vivek is, is that uh, America needs a reset regarding their culture. And that doesn't happen overnight. That takes uh, years and years, if not decades, because we didn't get here overnight. We took, it took decades uh, to get here where uh, people genuflect before Washington, and they think Washington has all the solutions, or most of the solutions and I come from the perspective that Washington has none of the solutions, that we need to stand up for our uh, independence, our uh, rights guaranteed to us by the Constitution, and we need to restore the republic, which means having a federal budget that is uh, consistent with Article 1, Section 8. And that, for me, is the key of what a presidential candidate on the Republican side thinks needs to be done. I mean, all the cultural stuff is great, but you've got to attack uh, three things. Uh, spending and taxes, the Federal Reserve, and foreign policy. And those are three uh, stacks, if you will, of uh, politics that I think a, pu a uh, public figure needs to address because if we continue on the road we're on, uh, we talked about this, Sean, uh, we're going to have a major financial crisis down the road, and these endless wars are just bleeding us dry right now with the tune of $100 billion in one year. And who knows what it's going to be in, uh, in, in 2023. And the, one of the benefits, uh, there were a lot of benefits of Trump, but one of them was the foreign policy. The foreign policy is what he was the greatest disruptor as. And I think it's why there was also the, the, the threat uh, by the Republicans saw him as a threat as well. So I'm very big on guys coming from outside of politics to maybe right some wrongs. 
I also witnessed there were some things Trump did that I really didn't like. His reaction to COVID, his ideology and imitating the velocity of money, to not get too deep in the weeds, but that's what he did. And then um, also adding massive spending in the last year in particular. So I've got some problems with him. And, they, I mean, and he gave immunity to, to, to the big pharma, which I think was insanity. Um, so there, there are some things I didn't like. So I was kind of leaning towards somebody coming in from outside and saying, here's how we fix it. So he said all the right things, but is there a diabolical underbelly? Well, that, that's going to be the interesting question. So if I had the chance to inter- interview him, and I, and I hope you would do soon, that you ask him the, the, the fundamental question. What do you think the size and scope of the federal government should be? And uh, tell us where you're going to cut taxes, where you're going to cut spending, and what are you going to do about this, uh, as Governor DeSantis said, this blank check for Ukraine, which to me is just mind-numbing that uh, it looks like the federal government, the Biden administration thinks that Ukraine is the 51st state. And uh, there's no there's no constitutional basis for what Biden is doing in Ukraine because there's been no declaration by the Congress except voting for this uh, unlimited spending to say that this is our national security interest. When, of course, it's not. Um, And uh, the point I make, uh, Sean, in my writings on Substack is that uh, we have to have an adult discussion in this country about the role of government in our in our society. And if we have that discussion, I'd love to be part of it because uh, I've been providing solutions for decades. And we need to uh, step and look at America and say, what has gone right and what has gone wrong? What has gone right, as you know, are all the great women and uh, men entrepreneurs out there that are doing uh, yeoman work under difficult circumstances of taxes, regulation, and all the things that uh, all levels of government throw at the business community. And so... uh, I applaud men and women who are out there going every day, inventing, creating, innovating, and getting goods and services that the people want. That's that's the essence of our country, and the politicians really muck it up. And from the from the outside, Ramaswamy, he looks like he fits that bill. However, it wasn't until you sent me an email that I realized he was nominated and selected as the World Economic Foreman Young Global Leader in 2021. I don't like the sound of that because the real problem we have is this idea of a one world uh, collective government that is really influenced and has been by enemies foreign to this country. And nothing sums that up better than the son of a Third Reich, Klaus Schwab, in the World Economic Forum, which is outrageous to me that they have the audacity to do this kind of scandalous activity out in the open. So if they nominated this guy, what was his reaction to that? I'm curious. Well, uh, uh, that's the question that uh, talk show host should be asking him: is uh, what, what, what's your relationship with the World Economic Forum? Uh, do you denounce their their objectives and their goals over the next several years in terms of uh, making sure that we don't have uh, automobiles, uh, at least I guess combustion engines? Uh, what about the food supply? Uh, what about the monetary situation, the trade issue? And so uh, all candidates have to be vetted by the American people. And the other thing that I would suggest that. Uh, candidates be required to do is tell us exactly what you want to do and sign the contract with the American people that as president, these are the priorities of my administration. And if I don't do them, I will resign because I can only accomplish them with the with the cooperation of, of the Congress. So we need to uh, elect people that are going to work with me to uh, put my agenda forward. And that agenda should be based upon what? Uh, peace overseas, trade overseas, 
and um, uh, limiting the size of government at home. And if a candidate does that, then I think we, uh, those of us who uh, uh, want to see a much uh, smaller government will rally behind that candidate. So he doesn't come from from nowhere. He was in venture capital. He made his money, I believe, and uh, through uh, technology and the internet. But does he have an affiliation? Does he have an association with George Soros? Well, that's going to be the, the, the questions that have to be asked of him. And uh, I mean, listen, Trump supported Hillary Clinton. He, 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 uh, Trump uh, gave money to Democrats. In fact, he was a registered Democrat at one time. And then here he comes and he uh, sweeps the Republican nomination in 2016 and gets elected as president. So people do change. They switch party affiliations. Uh, I switched my party affiliation from uh a Democrat to Republican to then independent and then libertarian. And, and I'm registered in, in Florida as, as a, a Republican. But my, my perspective is that it's one of libertarian Republicanism, not uh, me too Republicanism or so-called moderate Republicanism. I have no idea what that means. So um, uh, Vivek has to come forward and, and state clearly what his worldview is and how he will implement that uh, as a U.S. president. And given that he's so young, I mean, uh, this, he could be just uh, testing the waters to see exactly how the people respond to him. And maybe um, uh, uh, down the road, he can, he can run again if he doesn't get the nomination this time, which, of course, would be a huge uphill battle. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. But I, I, I see it's hard because I understand the thin line between Wall Street version of capitalism, which is really corporatism. And I understand the manipulation of K Street, the manipulation of policies. And if you made money in that entity, does that make you a terrible person or does it not? And this is the kind of questions that I think need to be asked of somebody who has clearly invested in not just BlackRock and bragged about would love to be partners with BlackRock, but also has a legacy into kind of big pharma and uh, those entities like Pfizer. These are things, you know, I want him to denounce as well. And the one thing I saw that I liked is that it looks like he rejected the manipulation and the the true fraud of ESG. And, you know, Mm -hmm. this is good, but do people want to hear that? Or are they more interested in the kabuki theater politics that would allow a system to elect somebody who clearly is suffering from dementia and incapable to run the country. I think this is something, too, that I am I, hoping I have enough faith in, in America to do. And then there's the whole thing of the electoral system. I still don't have faith in that. Do you? Well, that's, that's a tough question because we, we hope that the elections are fair and honest. And uh, there are a lot of questions that people have raised about the, the integrity of elections, uh, the mail-in ballots and uh, the uh, ballot harvesting that goes around the country. Uh, so my perspective, uh, all, ba- all ballots should be done in person, unless, of course, you're incapacitated because you can't get to the polls. But otherwise, it should be done uh, uh, on, an, on a, an election uh, location. And, in fact, it, it's called Election Day. Now it's Election Month that we have. And uh, there's, there could be a manipulation. I've heard stories uh, by people who... Study politics through consultant politics about uh, manipulation and fraud in New Jersey when I was a candidate there. And so if, if that happens in New Jersey, I'm sure it happens in other states of the union. And that's why we need uh, strict uh, law enforcement uh, and integrity in, in the uh, electoral process. Otherwise, uh, people will lose faith and they'll stay home 
and uh, and then of course the uh, the political elites uh, will run the country uh, uh, to their heart's content. I think we also have something that's fairly new in this country. We've got a we've got a four year presidential cycle, a two year presidential cycle. I'm kind of shocked that they're announcing this far out, and my fear is that they give cover for the the political. Uh, managers now in charge, the political corruption, the mafia now in charge, to not have the attention focused where it should be. But there's also the aspect of what Trump is very, very good at. Trump is very, very good at leading. Trump is very good at saying this needs to stop and that needs to stop. Do you think it's clear whether the two-year cycle of people running for president is a benefit to, to changing the trajectory of this nation or it will be used as a rug to sweep all of the fails of the Biden administration under. What do you think? Well, well, the, the way the, these things evolved is that uh, the Republican National Committee announced that the first debates will take place in August. So that means uh, any candidate that wants to uh, run for the GOP nomination better get their uh, act together and announce pretty quickly because they've got to put together uh, a campaign team. They've got to set up uh, headquarters in different states that would be other primary states and, uh, and make clear to uh, uh, voters uh, what they want to achieve as president. And so, uh, I mean, the presidential cycle is almost continuous now because after Biden was elected, people were asking questions whether he's going to run again because of his age and his uh, cognitive uh, uh, abilities. So uh, what seems to be in a constant uh, election mode in this country and with the, uh, and with the uh, congressional campaigns every two years, it looks like politics is just part of our system now. And uh, yeah. having been a candidate in the past, uh, I, I think some people are just so tired of it. They, they don't want to see these dopey commercials. It no. uh, doesn't tell us anything about the candidate, but just, uh, just sound bites. And I like to uh, grill a candidate or at least uh, ask them tough questions. And uh, that's why I suggested long ago that the newspapers and uh, should uh, give each candidate uh, a Sunday column and explain their position on every issue under the sun, and this way, uh, and then go to around the state or the country and have town hall forums where the average person ask the candidate question without the filter of the uh, media, and uh, let let people see whether this candidate is genuine or they're just um, a dog and pony show. One thing's for sure: we all know that uh, Donald Trump is not going to get a fair shake. We do know that the media will be in the attack mode as they were. The entire five years of the Donald Trump experience and are continuing in his post-presidency. Uh, I don't think that anybody who is going to be that old-fashioned uh, Mike Pence Republican is going to stand a chance. I, I, I hope he embarrasses himself by running along with several other Jeb Bush and Mitt Romney's. Um, I'm curious to know, the front runners are clearly DeSantis and Trump and this Vivek. If you were in a Las Vegas betting parlor, who would you put your money in? Mm. On, out of those three? Well, out of those three, um, I, I would say Trump will pro- has a clear lead because he had so much support in the primaries in 2016, and he, uh, his uh, voters think he got a raw deal in 2020, so they would uh, like to see him uh, uh, come back uh, strongly in 2024. And so this is going to be the dynamic. Uh, how many candidates will be in the race? The more candidates are in the race, the better it is for Trump because uh there are some people, uh, maybe it's 25, 30 percent of the Republican primary voters that will stick with him no matter what. And in an eight-person field, ten-person field, that's surely enough to win. And so it could be come down to 
Trump and DeSantis if he gets in. And I don't know who else will emerge as a strong candidate because none of them have really national recognition. And so uh, I mean, DeSantis has such a high profile in uh, the Republican Party these days that uh, he, he and Trump overshadow anybody else. I mean, some of these um, candidates uh, may be just uh, stalking horses for uh, their yeah. future run in, in 2028 or 2032, because a lot of them are fairly young in their 40s and uh, early 50s, and Biden's 80, uh, or so he was, what, uh, uh, 78 when he got elected. So yeah. for a lot of these candidates uh, who seem to have more on the ball than, than Biden, uh, they, they, they have a 20, 30-year uh, political career ahead yeah. of them. Well, it didn't hurt them the first time. In the meantime, where can the people go to to listen to you or to read your articles? I know you write off, and I know that it's at Mises uh, occasionally. Where else can they go to check you out? Well, substack.com. I have a very provocative column today about the Biden administration, murraysagrin.substack.com. And, of course, Amazon has all the books that I've written that you've kindly uh, mentioned um, yeah. uh, and on past shows and on this show. And so uh, my goal as a retired finance professor is to educate as many people as possible through a different venue instead of the classroom. I'm using uh, talk radio, talk TV, uh, cable TV podcast, because uh, there is just a, an incredible amount of ignorance in this country about economics and finance and, of course, foreign policy as well. So uh, I have the luxury now of not having to... Uh, uh, have a, a, a full job? job where I <laughs> I have a wonderful job. This is this is as, as good as it gets, Sean. Is uh, you stay home, you, you go to the computer, uh, you do your interviews, and yeah. um, hopefully people will buy the book and read my column, and uh, we'll start changing people's. Well, uh, I need minds you to live not. a thousand years, and I hope that I didn't dent that by introducing you to Greek euros, and I hope you didn't gain forty pounds since our last lunch. I look forward to our next one as I do your next article, Dr. Murray Sabrin. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Sean. Great to see you. You too. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never ever to be trusted. On AM five sixty, the answer. AM five sixty, the answer. Mike Pence is on MSNBC. I never liked that Stepford vice president. Never, ever liked that moron. Not even a little bit. He's going to run for president. For what? What do you stand for? What did you stand for? Absolutely nothing. Of course, he'll put lipstick on a pig like all these political whores. In the meantime, I want uh, Jose Vega to question every one of them. That does not silence me. So, you can hear me right now. I want you to say something about the bombing because we're all going to die from a nuclear war right now unless you stop it and you at least put an inquire into whether or not it's true. This war in Ukraine is going to leave us all dead. So what are you going to do? Because you need to inquire. Here's I'm a New Yorker say. too. Here's what I'll say. Say it. We're going to continue to stand with the Ukrainian people. That's f***ing bull. Do war. not do that. You will end us all it dead. Is war against. We Vladimir need Putin. peace. We need talks. Because Why are you sabotaging talks? Not do not put your hands on me. We need Ukraine peace talks. I am not going to take this. It's we need peace talks. It's you are leaving. Listen. Did you even read the allegations? It's no. How about how about accountability? Not airheadedness. I mean, it's outrageous. Nobody is mentioning diplomacy. There's not even a call for it. 
because they're all getting fat and rich. They're all like the Ukrainian wives. The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. Whatever happened to this dirty whore? I mean, aside from a shopping spree in Paris. Her and the Ukrainian lobbyists, another two billion, five hundred million, a hundred and thirty-eight billion. Who's counting? Not the World Bank. They guarantee the loans. And then there was the exact history of who this dimwit in diapers really is. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees, and I went over, I guess the twelfth, thirteenth time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." (laughs) I said he should have been arrested for that. What was the penalty? He's sitting in the White House. That's the penalty for that open admission. Of bribery and corruption. Open. And what did they... Didn't they impeach Trump for a phone call? When Zelensky talks like this now. He used to talk like a little girl when he was an actor. Mike in Beverly. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, love love the show. And uh, Thank you, like your guests and you say all the time, you have to keep passing the word along. Uh, the General Smedley Butler's uh, words are, are true to this day. I saw an article in Off Guardian, and they were talking about... Uh, that was before Eisenhower. World War II. Before World War II. Right. Well, I don't know if you pulled up my great-great-great-grandfather's book, like I said, but if you got a second, I can read the third paragraph. It's real short. Come on. He was the ambassador to Serbia, Bulgaria, and Romania from 1913 to 1920. So he was with all those countries behind the scenes. He says... The world war began in the Balkans, yet its origin was in the hearts of the unscrupulous autocrats whose ruthless ambition knew neither justice nor limit, who counted the subjection of free people merely as the first pawn in the game to win commercial and political supremacy, and in the end, to dominate the world. Serbia was only a pawn to be swept aside, the first obstacle in the path of world conquest. Give me the name of the book. I want to plug it on the radio. Secrets of the Balkans. That's great. It's too, I, would, I would love to know the, his take. Obviously, he passed away. When did he write the book? Uh, 1921. Wow. Oh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> Do you still have family He was family a good there? man. Uh, I'm going to find out. That's for sure. Right, but I love you playing the, the Biden clip. And, you know, earlier today, Charlie Rich was playing the the clip with uh, Lady Graham and John McCain and Vicki Newland over in uh, Ukraine talking to the soldiers before uh, trying to rally them for the war how in mad Russia. Were you? And that was, oh, how mad were you oh. when, during the 90s when the Democrats bombed, were bombing? Didn't they bomb Serbia, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Clinton. Clinton. Yep. And then they, the and, and Madeleine Albright came on and said they were sorry. They bombed the hospital. They killed, what, 900 people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yep. the U.N., United Nations. Boy, they're good for something, huh? Thank you very much, yep. Michael. Sorry. I mean, you have a great weekend. You too, brother. Thanks. It means the world to me. Lloyd, Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Very good. Huh? Hey, uh, 
All right. Hey, I had a comment uh, in that movie, uh, Ford Fairlane. Uh, Ed O'Neill is playing a detective, and he's singing a song. It's called Booty Time, and he keeps singing it. I was thinking that maybe Squirrel Hands could look that up and play that as one of your uh, intros, you know, when you come back from the advertisements. All right. I'll tell you what, Lloyd. We always like a good suggestion. Booty Time with Ed O'Neill. It's going to be uh, hard, though. Shut I, up. I'm really big into this Ukrainian uh, lobbyist music. Something about it. I just pictured a Ukrainian wife shopping in Paris with the shoes with the red soles, the expensive ones. Maybe a sable coat. Give a finger to PETA. They don't give a rip about the whales that were killed, not just from the windmills, from us blowing up Nord Stream 2. It's got to be stupid. Listen to it, huh? These Ukrainians know how to live. Woo! I mean, not the people that they kill, not the victims of the government. I'm talking about the inside corrupt government, the ones spending our billions. I like it, Squirrel. I like it. I don't know. I think it's going to catch on here in America. Angela, Wisconsin. Good evening, Sean. Good evening. Listen, I would have called, whether it's Friday or not, because of the movie, uh, to connect the movie that we called about with the shouting from the wonderful patriot that was yelling his heart out at that imbecile who listened to him. Yeah. I've heard that three times today, and I think it needs to be heard more. Oh, good. Thank you. But I didn't I'll call it about. Played it, but go ahead. Oh, <laughs> come on. Yeah. You don't know the place? No. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So the movie that I'm calling about is Braveheart. To plant a seed to those that are listening and to pass it on. When William Wallace rode his horse into the home of the... People, the men, the men who were holding office there in Scotland and would not listen to him. Yeah. They wouldn't listen. What do we do? We lose Angela? <laughs> what? Are you there? Yeah. Oh, we had a bad call. Go ahead. Hurry up. I'm here. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Oh. All right. Well, you were I wonderful. Thank I'm you very much. I love William Wallace, and they toned that down, and that was the first time the British enslaved the Scots. Kira, Indiana. Sean, thank you. I love going home to Indiana, where there's still ashtrays in restaurants. No oh, come on. I love a good ashtray. You know how hard it is for, to find an ashtray? Not in Florida, but in Illinois. Very difficult. Go ahead. Come to Highland. Come to Highland. You can smoke cigars there. So, right, Anyway, Sean, up, here's yeah. another. I, I need your crystal ball, because you've been saying that the election is fraudulent. I believe it is. Absolutely. Who would have elected this numbskull in office? Well, what about this next election? So my mother and sisters are now saying, yes, they are going to move to Russia in the next two years because it doesn't matter anymore. The next election is also going to be fraudulent. Do you really think so? You're saying yes. Yeah. I don't, are you kidding me? Cheating in an election is the, is the greatest theft in America. You only have to steal one night and you reap the rewards for the full term. And if you're telling me that 81 million morons voted for this dimwit in diapers, there's not a way in the world. I just showed Shaka Khan in California, one councilman, 4,400 votes in his condo. They stole the fracking thing. And it's approved in these Democrat hellhole sewers like Chicago, like New York, New Jersey, like those little specific areas in Wisconsin, like the little specific areas in, uh, in Arizona. They, they, why would they ever not do it? You're thinking all of a sudden they're going to say, no, no, this one we're going to do straight. Come on. You ever see a pickpocket cut his hands off? 
I don't think so, Kara, but I like your optimism. And you tell your parents, the good news is, I believe in Russia it's a 13% flat tax, regardless of your income and regardless of what you do. Huh. Imagine that. Russia has a more American tax than America does. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Thank hey, you. earlier, you talk about the corruption with our media, with the government. I'm going to tell you something. May, 30, May 31st, 2021, there was 230 grand, grand uh, thousand grant given to this uh, Byram Bridal and Alex Pearson with the COVID thing. Yeah. They took and discovered right away it crosses the blood-brain barrier. It enters yeah. the cell nucleus, and it disrupts uh, cell function. They knew all this all the way back, May 31, 2021. You know, it was in Canada. You don't hear a thing about it. This no. is the biggest cover-up. They're trying to push this on the kids now. This is this is going to this is going to uh, take. Craig, an, may, it, maybe it, that's why in Canada they can sue Big Pharma where we can't, and that's another strike against Trump. That's going to be a hard one for me to get over. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, this is goes with Pete Buttigieg's outfit, his costume yesterday. Oh, I would have loved it if they would have just broke out in the sun. I mean, this cal- this calamity of an administration should at least be a musical. They should all just start singing and dancing, although Joe Biden can't walk. Sandra in Chicago. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, the gentleman who just called about Secrets of the Balkans, and he's trying to make uh, Serbia out to be a bunch of victims. That's hardly the case about Serbs. They invaded Croatia 30 years ago. Croatia. And they leveled, they leveled the city of Vukovar, not to mention the amount of pillaging and raping that happened. So uh, not only that, they're, they're, how much they love their mother, Russia. So I, I, uh, I've got a friend of mine who's I, I couldn't, Croatian. I couldn't, I couldn't hear that. I've got a friend of mine. I know you talked about him before. Yeah. Croatia, he's got a big square head like an anvil. I'll tell you what, he'd take out 30 guys by himself. In the meantime, you know, there's a lot of chaos that went on. There's a lot of ignorance by the American people, and that's because the information is skewed. And then never, for, never forget, you know, it's always that small group that's in charge of the oligarchs that really make the Correct. decision for nations. And if we're going to defeat it, we're going to have to stop funding oligarchs. But we continue to do it. We did it 30 years ago. We're doing it right now. This is a country that was involved in killing its own people, and nobody even fracking talks about it. I got Condi Rice talking about how she could control Russia by destroying their flow of, uh, of availability to sell energy to Europe that neutered itself with their own policy. So there's a lot going on. There's no real good heroes and good players. We used to be, but none of us were alive when we were. We've been lying to the American people since the end of World War II and before it. So, Sandra... I agree. We'll we'll get a conversation. I'll get an expert on, and we'll make you feel better. All right. Thank you, sir. In the meantime, you feel better anyway because you're American now. We're all Americans. There are Americans that aren't even here because they understand what the Enlightenment is. That's what this country's built on. Not the mafia you see before you. Not the mafia that destroyed Chicago, New York, and New Jersey. Same Democrat scoundrel mafia. There's some Republicans in on it too. But America will win. The Butlers of the world will come to the forefront, the true heroes, the true patriots. They don't have to be Marines, but they have to understand the principles of America. So whether it's Smedley Butler or it's anybody else, stand up for the principle and never, ever bow your head. We're better than they are. It's not about money. It's about character. 
and we have the character of Americans. Now, have a good weekend. If you're in the sewer of Chicago, stay safe. Don't go out after dark and serpentine on your way to the car. In the meantime, cue the music, squirrel. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled CIA or the NSA, but it doesn't matter. I got squirrel hands. Who restarts the national anthem because we're Americans. I have a great American weekend. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. <laughs>